Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Boat Fitness and Performance Podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with Coach Tom. What's up, Coach Tom? Hey, hey, nothing. All good. And today, there's nothing too specific in terms of strength and conditioning that we want to talk about today, but something that I think we all should know a little bit more is just kind of a little bit more about by each of the coaches. So that'll be a kind of a new segment that we go through. Uh, is to learn a little bit about the coaches, where they come from, kind of what they like to do. So today, Tom is lucky number one, <laughs> and we get to dive right into it. Whether this is a good or a bad thing, we're about to find Let's out. Let's do it. All right, Tom. So, uh, what has your fitness journey looked like up until this point? A lot of ups and downs. I'd like it to be super linear and look great, and I've been amazing my whole life, but that's just the new me. Uh, for most of my <laughs> life, there's just been a lot of ups and downs, um, working real hard, a lot of failing, a lot of trying again, doing something. Um, but I probably, I started most of my, my actual fitness journey come like freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, prior to that, I grew up really, really poor. Um, government assistance, a lot of that stuff, which meant empty refrigerator all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I very rarely would open the refrigerator and actually see food. There'd be like three items in there. So daily, I didn't know if I was going to eat. I would go a lot of days without food um, or whatever I could sort of scrounge up. As a young kid, you know, my mom was busy. She worked three jobs, you know, two kids, single parent kind of deal. Wow. Um, so I didn't have a lot of food growing up, very, very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I moved in with my father's side of the family um, when I was an older teen or younger teen. And they are the complete opposite. They own multiple restaurants, right? They're surrounded by food. They show love with food. Everything was about food, good or bad, right? It was just that's how you solved every problem was over a meal. Um, So I went from eating nothing and running nonstop, playing, being outside, super active, to coming to New Jersey and being surrounded by food 24-7. I mean, any given moment I, I was around my grandmother, she would cook full on meals she would just shove food down my throat, and I didn't do anything because I didn't know anybody. So I wasn't really outside playing or anything. Uh, so I'm from being just like a normal skinny kid to just exploded and got super fat. Uh, really, really fat. Um, right into my biggest freshman year of high school, I was uh, over 300 pounds. I was 308 at my heaviest. Wow. I was four foot eight at that point. So you six foot four. Yeah, I wish. I still wish I was 6'4". Um, yeah, at one point I was rounder than I was tall wow. um, at any point. And that, that's what really started it, um, some health issues and stuff like that. Um, I just had to get my, my head out of my butt and do something. So I did what everyone did, and I just did what the magazine covers said, you know. Uh, exercise, then I ate salads because healthy people in my eyes back then or people who weren't fat, which is what I classified as healthy, um, they ate salads. Every time I saw them, they were eating a salad. So in my head, only healthy people, like what they did was they just ate salads. Yeah. Um, and they exercised somehow. So I just started eating salads. Yeah, we Two all salads thought, a day. We all thought that salads at one point in time was yeah, the that was only it. way to get healthy. That's all I saw. Nobody, nobody really did anything else. Nobody really, I didn't know any like fit or healthy people, quote unquote, but all the people that weren't fat ate salads and they did some form of exercise so I started eating salads twice a day um, I would go to school I would eat at breakfast then at lunch the same horrible salad of a scoop of tuna or chicken salad with some veggies on it and oil and vinegar uh, the highlight was my buddy Vic my my first friend in high school my best friend in high school at that time um, Vic Marrero my man kept me alive 
because his mom would pack him pretzels, like regular old pretzels, a little baggie of, of salted pretzels every day, and he didn't like them. So every day I would eat those at lunch with my salad. So you'd have salads, tuna, and salted pretzels. That's it. That's what I'd lick on, and a, a liter and a half of water. Wow. Every single day I would chug a liter and a half of water. Uh, he probably doesn't know, but he's probably the only reason that I stayed alive throughout that entire time <laughs> because that was a little bit of calories I needed. Um, so, Vic, you're probably not listening to this, but thanks, buddy. Um, so that's what I did. I just ate salads, and then I participated in gym class, and then at home I would just do whatever I knew. Exercises I saw like my brother do at one point, which was probably a dumbbell bench press and curls. Um, I would play basketball by myself, and I would just add in. I'd run to the end of the driveway and run back, shoot five baskets, run back and forth. Without me knowing, I did everything right. Mm-hmm. You know, I cut calories. I started doing some interval training. I started lifting weights. I started doing all this stuff um, that right now in the textbook says great. Back then, I was just like, just do something. I just had to figure out a way to do something. And in, uh, in nine months, I lost 150 pounds, a little wow. bit more. Holy yeah, God. so by the end of that school year, I was down to 154, 156. Nine months. Yeah, the, so a school year. Let's do some quick math. There's 52 weeks in a year. Oh, yeah. the, uh, times, right? 52 times 0.75. That's not right. Times 0.75. So that's over 39 weeks. weeks. Yep. And you lost 150 pounds. Yeah. Divided by 39. You lost on average 3.8 pounds per week. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. That's dropping it pretty quick. You yeah. were in a and I massive grew, caloric deficit. I grew to, to five foot six, so I grew like almost a foot okay. and lost 150 pounds. So that sort of yeah, offsets that, that there, out. yeah. Um, but it's just sort of the way it happened, you know, and thank God it did. I needed that. Um, and then coming into the summer between freshman and sophomore year is when I actually started lifting weights and actually doing it serious. Um, my cousin, who was a little bit older than me, he was doing bodybuilding shows at the time. So I had reached out to him and asked him, hey, can you show me some exercises to do? Little did I know that that would sort of develop one of the best friendships I ever had in somebody because him and I worked out every single day that summer. Um, I didn't have a car, so he would come pick me up. He lived the opposite way, so he'd go way out of his way. He did a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed me how to do everything. We literally worked out every single day together, which then that transferred to years of him and I training together and he taught me a lot of stuff um, and then through the remainder of high school I did bodybuilding shows um, I would just do amateur bodybuilding shows I got really good shape um, lived the six-pack life the whole deal then got really sick and tired of eating that type of food so went into then powerlifting as my life sort of kept moving after high school went to went to all kinds of other schooling started working in the emergency medical field and all that but uh, the fire department, ambulance, all that good stuff, and just kept with my diet and kept healthy throughout that. And, uh, and I did pretty good. I stayed in pretty good shape. You, know, you get a little fluffy from time to time, but I stayed in pretty good shape for most of my life. Uh, I started training military personnel. I got real into training uh, members of service and fire and police, you know, all that type of stuff. I got real heavy into that. Um, until my, I had a couple injuries throughout this time. But I was, that, that's always been my crutch is I would get an injury, I would tweak something, tear something, hurt something, which would sideline me for a while. Um, so I kind of wasted my youth doing that. And it wasn't until I was uh, a little older, like mid-20s or so, that I really blew my knee out, um, which set me back quite a bit. And I was like, man, I'm really struggling with this. Um, I was having problems with my feet. I was blowing my knees out. I was constantly dislocating my knees all the time. 
but otherwise, if you look at me, you're like, dude, this guy's pretty jacked and he's in pretty good shape. Like, he's just got bad luck. Um, little did I know that I would end up having a degenerative neuromuscular disease, um, which is like an offshoot of uh, muscular dystrophy. So it's a muscle wasting disease and it just gets worse and worse as wow. I go. So little by little, I lost the use of my feet. Um, the muscles in my hands and my face have gotten affected through that. So that's sort of, I didn't know what was going on with that. So that sort of sidelined me a lot, like dealing with, you know, health and fitness and working through that. And then once I figured it out, then I was able to sort of understand how to modify my life a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure I could stay active and stay fit. And that's basically what I've done the last 10, 15 years is find ways of staying active and fit and, and getting after it mixed in with a couple surgeries and, you know, major life events that would happen throughout that time. But it's really most of my fitness career has just been like figure out ways to overcome. Okay. So it sounds like you've been through a lot, right? Gained yeah. weight, lost weight, had definitely this muscular dystrophy thing that you have going on. That's also a big piece of it. So out of all encompassing, right, all those things, what made you want to become a coach? I've always wanted to help people. Um, I, I didn't wake up one day and be like, I want to help people. I've just always enjoyed helping people ever since I was a little kid, whether that meant helping somebody across the street, helping somebody find their lost dog, like whatever. If I could help somebody at any given point, I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family's always been in the service industry, owning restaurants, so I always worked in the service industry. Um, coming out, sort of the emergency medical field, helping people, being a fireman, always trying to help people. I've just always wanted to help people. And there came a point uh, later in life that I was like, uh, I can't keep this up. My condition was getting worse. I was incapable of doing the heroic things that I thought I was doing right. I was Superman at one point. I could do anything. I could leap buildings in a single bound. I've heard a couple of those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've heard a couple. <laughs> nothing, nothing could ever get in my way. And uh, the day that my, my condition started really getting worse, I was like, yeah, I can't do this forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be carrying people downstairs at three in the morning when I'm older, you know. So I was like, I got to make a shift. So I just kind of thought like, well, what do I like? Well, at one point I was, I was supposed to go to culinary school. You know, I had a scholarship to go to culinary school early on, which I turned down. Um, and I was like, I like food and I like working out. Those are two things I like. So I figured if I want to maintain this, if I want to continue to do this the rest of my life, let me pick one of those because they're two things that I really like. And now you do And both. let me go. Yeah, now I still do both. <laughs> so I went, the, uh, I went that route and I, I realized I had to pivot because I couldn't sustain the life that I was doing. So I decided, let me go into a, a more controlled scenario and go back to school, get my degree in exercise science, um, and just pursue coaching full-time. I had been coaching part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, every summer for years, I would set up a, a program for underprivileged kids that couldn't afford strength and conditioning type things like we run here at Bolt. Um, so I would just donate my summers, and all summer I would work with underprivileged kids. And I would just, whatever gym I was at, I'd work out a deal with the owner for 100 bucks, let these kids come in and train as much as they want for the summer. So for mm-hmm. three months, for $100, they would come in and just work out with me. So I would just show up and the handful of dedicated kids, I would train them all summer and we'd work out, you know, for sports performance and stuff. And uh, and I was like, you know, I really like this. I get a lot of joy out of this. Uh, I, I really, like, I, I fill my soul with this. Like, I really feel good about what I'm doing. I want to do this full time. So that's when I went back to college and, uh, and I started coaching and started, you know, doing coaching full time. And, uh, and that's sort of the, the route that got me to here. But I just about my entire life, I've always been either in the service industry or wanted to help somebody from mm-hmm. a kid all the way to an adult now. 
So then you did all that, right? But how did it come to be here, right? Like we know that Mike started Bull and then you came right after. And sure. How did, you, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I was working at a couple different gyms at the time. Um, just a couple different places, doing a lot of different things. I'd done a bunch of internships, met a bunch of people. Um, and then I got this job at another gym that I was going into full time. I, I think they interviewed me like six times for this position. And I was like, geez, man, I've never interviewed this many times. This must be legit. And honestly, I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to take the job. I'm tired of interviewing for these people. Because every time I got to take a day off of work to come over here and interview, right? Mm. So I was like, God, this is obnoxious. So then I met Mike. I interviewed with him. And uh, everyone else that I interviewed with, I was like, all right, they're cool. I was like, but, you know, they just kind of blah. Like, I don't know if this place is for me. We'll see. And then I met Mike, and he really challenged me in sort of the way he approached everything, right? He basically just brought me out to the floor and was like, hey, this is this, this is that, this is the scenario. What would you do? So I just kind of ran him through a workout. But the way that he approached it and the way that he was able to sort of help me calm down, because obviously I was nervous, right? I don't know this guy. I don't know anything about these people, and I have to, like, show them I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I have to prove myself. Um, so I was nervous and doing all these, but just the being around him, his presence, and the way that he guided me and helped me out, I felt very comfortable. I was really, like, laid back. I really enjoyed our time together. Then I got to spend some time in the office with him, realized he was a really good dude, had a really good head on his shoulders. Um, so I went back to the, uh, the director, and I was like, I'll take the job. But I'll only work at Mike's location. I want to work there. And he was like, all right, fine. But first we're going to start you at these, this other location for a couple weeks to train you. And then we're going to move you into there. Fast forward two weeks later, we go to a big company-wide meeting. Mike stands up in front of the whole room, says, I quit. I was like, you son of a... I was like, the only reason I took this job was because I wanted to work under him, right? So he left. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'm here. I like a lot of the people I'm working with. Uh, at that time, I'd already met Justin now, Monica... Like, I knew all, a lot of these people. Um, so I took that, worked there for a while, and then I found out that he had opened up a gym in Chester. And he was looking for help. I just heard it through some of the other people. I was already living up this way. Um, and I was like, well, hey, man, I'll help him out. I was like, I live up there anyway. I was like, let me just go give him a hand. I, I live five minutes from the gym. I know I like him. Let me see if he needs a hand. So I came in. Chatted with him, started working six hours a week with him, just helping him out. He just had a, a need. Little by little, he needed more help. I hated my other job more. He needed more help. I hated the other job more. It worked out. Just kind of slowly worked yeah, out. and I just told him, I was like, hey, make it work, man. Like, make it happen. Take me on. I want to get out of there. Um, we were talking about it. That place was sort of changing its model and the way it was going, and I just came over to Bolt, ended up moving into full-time, and then eventually just started moved my way up there were more people under me than over me and just kept working up the ranks and now seven years seven years this spring i think wow. a couple months and here we yeah. are and here we are and now uh, everybody i used to work with at the other gym works here <laughs> that's true <laughs> i also was at the other gym yes. but i was after you yep. um all right and then i got four rapid fire questions <laughs> to kind of finish it out uh, that way we don't take ever too much of everybody's I'm never time good here. at these so well <laughs> figure it out Question number one, what's your favorite part about being a coach? Oh, my God. Favorite part. You're already favorite failing part. at rapid fire. What do you not understand about rapid fire? Favorite part, just honestly, the, the, the look on somebody's face. 
It's not the smiles, it's not this or the glory or any of this stuff. It's the look on somebody's face when they stop, they do something that they never thought they could, and they look over their shoulder and they see me. That look, that's why. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, least favorite part? Ugh. The hours. <laughs> why? Because you got to wake 4 up at 4.30 in the morning? Yeah, early <laughs> mornings. I'm a night creature. I used to be. I don't know what I am now, but yeah, the hours. You know, I don't like the hours because it's really early, but I like the hours once it's done. Because then I have the entire yes. afternoon to myself. Yeah, the hours are tough. Uh, what is one thing that you are still currently working on in either your health or fitness? Both. I'm always working on myself. Is there something specific? <sighs> Balance. 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 Finding the right combination, the right recipe that I can continue to do all the things I want without overdoing anything, which is really hard. Yes. Balance is a mythological creature, but we can, we can chase it. I don't know if we ever find it. But That's, we can chase being better at it. It's something you said to me once upon a time. You're like, look, you can always burn a candle from both ends, right? But you can only burn so much before you just run out. Yeah. So one, sometimes you're going to be burning the candle from one end, sometimes the other. But if you do both, they're just going to meet the middle and you're going to fizzle out. Yeah. So it's tough. finding that balance. It's tough. And last one, if you could alter the space-time continuum, go back to you at any point in time in your life and tell yourself one thing. What would you tell them and what age would you be? I would go back to whatever I have the earliest memory. Whatever okay. I could just remember. The youngest me. And I would say, just do it. Just do it? Just do it. Most of my life, I was not as gun ho to do. Right now, I will dive into anything. I can process really quick, and I, and I have no fear of failure anymore. I crave failure, because failure means that I at least tried. Mm-hmm. And I can learn from it. Um, for most of my life, I was not that way. I would shy away from things that I wasn't sure about or that I, I potentially could fail because I didn't want to fail, mm-hmm. so I just want to do things. Failure is one of those scary things that you don't want to ever do, but unfortunately, it's kind of part of the process. I crave it now. Yeah. I crave it. It's my drug. I yeah. absolutely crave failure because at the very least, at least I tried. I put myself out there in, a, in an uncomfortable position. Um, and although that, that has brought me a lot of headaches and heartaches and, and issues and injuries throughout my time, it's also taught me a lot and it's opened up a lot of new avenues. Yeah. Um, I 100% crave failure, not for the crappy feeling you get when you fail, but the chance to be a little bit better. I, like I it. love failing. Any final notes for the team? Just do it. Just do it, team. Just Have a good it. one, guys. Thanks, guys.